morning, church family. How are we doing today, everybody? Feeling good? Good to be in the house of God today? Uh, if you don't know who I am, uh, I'm one of the pastors here on staff. It's an honor to be able to teach in the house of God today. Hey, why don't you high-five 15 people around you, get loose for a second. I need you focused. I need you loose during this sermon. Come on, slap a neighbor, kiss him on the forehead, do whatever you got to do. We're in a series right now, and uh, I'm really excited about it on uh, the series of, we call it Pour It Out, Pour It Out, and really studying the Holy Spirit. And uh, for so many of us, we have come into church, or maybe this is our first time in church, and you're just like, ah, this is not the series for me. And I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit is the most misunderstood person of the Godhead. And we love Jesus, in cul or we love God in culture. People are divided about Jesus in culture. But typically, most people fear the Holy Spirit in culture and in churches. And I'm just telling you, we've got it wrong. And we need to learn who the Spirit of God is. And so we're engaging in this practice called pneumatology. Somebody say pneumatology. You're going to learn some good stuff today. Pneumatology. This is the study of the Spirit. This is, what, this is what essentially we're engaging in. Pneuma means breath, wind, or spirit. This is the study that explores the nature, the role, and the work of the Holy Spirit in the world and in the lives of believers. It's the diligent study of the person, the baptism, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, last week, I taught in part one of Pour It Out. We're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit last week. This week, we're going to talk about the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And it's going to be so helpful for you because as a believer, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, if you consider yourself a Christian, the most important thing that you can possess as a skill set is being able to discern and hear the voice of God. It's the most important thing. And so, so many people don't know how to discern the voice of God, hear the voice of God. But let me just tell you, the voice of God still speaks. He's communicating. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening? So the person of the Holy Spirit was last week, the promptings of the Holy Spirit this week, the uh, presence of the Holy Spirit next week, and the power of the Holy Spirit the last week. And so we're going to engage in pneumatology, the study of the Spirit. That sounds good to anybody in here today. There's like 14 people that are like, oh, great, I'm excited about it. Uh, let me just tell you, uh, because so many people come in with a already kind of preconceived idea of who the Spirit of God is, uh, some people are excited about it, some people are nervous about it, some people are like, ah, this is not for me. And let me just tell you, before you can embrace the Spirit of God, you must understand the Spirit of God. And so we're going to talk about the promptings today. It's going to be so important. Many people fall into three different schools of thought, three different camps. Some people are cessationalists, meaning they think the works of the Holy Spirit died with the apostles. We don't fall into that camp. Some people are sensationalists that believe the working and the wonders of the Holy Spirit are uh, overemphasized. And really the person and the practices of Jesus are neglected. Uh, we are more continuationists, meaning that we believe the work of the Holy Spirit is still alive and active today. However, the greatest miracle God ever did was changing the human heart. And so we believe salvation is the greatest gift because you can be saved and get healed, but you can still go to hell. What good would that be if we have people that get healed by the works of the Holy Spirit, yet they are still having eternity separated from God? And so we want to have this beautiful balance between these two things is really preaching about God the Father and how he loves you and plans out for you. I heard one person say it like this. God the Father plans, God the Son redeems, and God the Holy Spirit empowers. God the Holy Spirit empowers. And so that's really what we're going to be engaging in over the next few weeks. And so turn with me in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, to Acts chapter number 27. Acts chapter number 27. It's going to be very helpful for so many of us today. 
Uh, I have a big digital Bible. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. If you're newer to church, uh, let me just tell you, we believe that you're going to get built up in church, not beat down in church. Come on. We believe you're gonna you're supposed to enjoy church, not just endure it. So you're gonna learn some things. We're gonna learn, we're gonna laugh, we're gonna grow together today. Amen. Come on, amen, everybody. Um, here's what I felt like as I was preparing for this message. The Lord spoke to me this past week. It was this: is that if you engage with this message, listen, you're responsible for the things that you hear. If you engage with this message, this message, which will take about 35 minutes, could save you 35 years. I'm gonna repeat that again. If you engage with this message, you focus on it. That means flipping your phone. That means not engaging with your neighbor to your left or to your right for a moment. Really paying attention to learning how to hear the voice of the Father. You could save 35 years from your life, and this is what the text teaches us today, okay? Acts chapter number 27, here's what the Bible says, starting in verse 9. This is what the Bible says. We're talking about the, the prisoner right now, really the apostle Paul, but he's a prisoner as he's been preaching Jesus, preaching the Messiah. He gets thrown in prison, and this is why. Since much, much time has passed... And the voyage was now dangerous because, uh, because even the fast was already over. Paul advised these people. So Paul's on a ship. He's a prisoner on the ship. And he tells these people, he tells the captain, he tells this, these, these guys, he says, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with injury and much loss. Now this term, I perceive, is really a divine prompting, a holy hunch, a prompting of the Holy Spirit. He says, you should pay attention to this because if you don't pay attention to this, what does he say? He says there's going to be injuries, there's going to be much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. I wonder if I'm already talking to some people in here where you have ignored the voice of the Father and you've lost some things that were very valuable to you. Opportunities, relationships, friendships. How many of us have neglected or avoided the voice of the Father, and as a result, we lost some things that were extremely valuable? I want to tell you, God can redeem those things. Can I get an amen? Amen. He can redeem those things, but we learned this, and I'm going to teach this a little bit later. I'll come back to this, but let me give you this little principle now. Is some pain is inevitable, but there are some pains that are avoidable. And so if you learn to listen to the whispers of God, to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, there are some things that you can avoid. We don't have to go through, I heard one person say it like this, pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. There are some things in life you can avoid. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm in this camp where... I know i got to go through some stuff because God's working on my character. It's producing perseverance. It's producing growth and maturity. But there are some things that if I can avoid it, I'm trying to avoid it. Is there anybody in here that's like me? So Paul says, I perceive that this is going to be with much injury, much loss, not only the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. And the centurion, watch what he did. He paid more attention to Pilate and the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. So Paul is a prophet, and he's giving a a prophetic prompting, uh, urging a divine uh, direction and saying to this guy, hey, listen, I know you know these seas. I know you know these this territory. I know you're familiar with currents. I know you've sailed these seas before, and you got experience, but I got discernment. And there's a difference between somebody that has experience and somebody that's got discernment. And I want to increase the discernment level, the sensitivity of our church's ears to the voice of the Spirit of God. One more slide. Go to the next slide, guys. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, the harbor of Crete, facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. I want to preach from this subject today, the sixth sense. The sixth sense. Uh, Biology tells me that you got five senses, taste, feel, touch, smell, and see. You have five senses, but my theology tells me you have a sixth if you're a Christian. 
And I want to help you engage and learn how to discern the voice of God, the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and the impulses that the Spirit of God still speaks to this day. Does that sound good to anybody in the room? Amen and amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for the moments that we share together. I pray today, Lord, that you would encourage us. You would build us up. You would help us grow into maturity in Jesus' name. I ask that you would use my voice to deliver yours. I pray that their hearts will be open, prepared, ready. Put me on like a glove. Use me. Use my voice. Help us to see Jesus, hear from heaven, and to encounter the power of God. We love you, Jesus. It's in your son's name we pray. And everybody said. Come on, everybody said. Come on, can you give God a shout of praise in this room today? Amen. Thank you, brother. Family, let me start off with a, a funny kind of story. Uh, so recently... I uh, just turned th- 31 just a few weeks ago, and so we uh, had, a, I had a birthday party that I wanted to do. And my wife was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, you know, I'm maturing, I'm growing, I want to do something that like 31-year-olds typically do. And so I called 12 of my friends, and we engaged in the spiritual practice of paintball, and it was, in- it was incredible. Um, so I-, I bring 12 of my guys with me, and we go to Boston Paintball in Ashland. And um, to our surprise, we were actually nasty. We were pretty good, I'm not going to lie. So we're facing R12 against all these random guys. And listen, we're praying for their salvation, but we're also praying for their destruction in Jesus' name. So we're playing on this outdoor landscape. It literally looks like a city. There's a plane in the middle of this thing. There's a car in the middle of this thing. There's two-story buildings on both sides. There's a little rain and a little dreary day. It's the perfect condition for combat. Praise God. So to our surprise, our 12, and we're a bunch of, you know, Jesus-loving, church-going guys. We're a bunch of good guys. We were, we were incredible on the battlefield. I was impressed with our guys. So much so that one of the guys that we were facing, and actually Matt Cuneo is sitting right, right up here in the front. Uh, a guy comes up to Matt Cuneo and I, and he was literally like, what are you guys, like, ex-military or something? And I had a moment. You remember that, Matt? Uh, we had a moment. Thank you for confirming it. Um, <laughs> We had a moment where this guy's like, are you guys like ex-military or something like that? And I was like, hmm, as a pastor, I know the answer should be no. But I lied. I lied. I just said we're Navy SEALs. We are. I'm kidding. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. The guy's like, are you guys like ex-military or something like that? I go, no. We're church security, baby. We're church security. Let's get it. What's up? (laughs) So we're in the middle of combat, right? We're playing 12v12. Again, rainy outside. Our team is destroying our opponents, and I felt really good about it. So I'm advancing. My natural nature is more aggressive in in, in my nature, and so I'm I'm moving forward. I'm advancing, and at this point, it's probably eight versus two. Like, we have taken out the entire competition. There are these two guys lodged in this little back corner, and we know exactly where they are. We're going into enemy territory, essentially, and all of our squad is advancing. So I'm with Matt Cuneo. I'm with Kyle Klimowitz. I'm with Christian, and I just feel very insecure because of those three. They cover my back. That's besides the point. I'm moving forward, and I advance to this two-story building, and my back is completely facing all my allies. My back is completely exposed because we're advancing, going forward. And um, out of nowhere, one thing for context you have to understand is none of us are wearing, like, uniforms. So all of us are wearing just random clothes. So you don't really know who's an enemy. You don't really know who's an ally. You're kind of figuring this all out on the fly. And we decided and determined before the game started that we're going to use a code word, and we're going to yell green if we're a friendly and so to unbeknownst to me, I'm advancing, I'm moving forward, I'm in this two-story building, I'm about to engage, I'm about to shoot another opponent, and I just felt really good about it, i got to make sure you guys understand that. Um, I felt really good, and, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, 
I see some shots right behind me, and I'm like, what is going on? I look backwards, and I see, I'm not going to remain, I'm not going to tell you who the name of the person was, but it's Kyle Klimowitz. He serves on church security. <laughs> and he begins to shoot me, not in my back, but in the back of the head. Not once, yay, not twice, but thrice. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a word, but it sounds poetic. I got nailed in the back of the head by a paintball, boom, 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 three times. And I turn around, I go, Kyle, what's wrong with you? He goes, I was yelling green, bro. I go, dude, my adrenaline sky high. I'm in enemy territory. I don't have no idea. I can't hear for, I can't hear you for life of me. What are you talking about? And this is exactly how Kyle sounds. He's like, sorry, bro. I just didn't even know any better, dude. That's not how he sounds. He sounds more like a doofus. Anyways, um, so I, I have a conversation with Kyle afterwards. I'm like, bro, what in the world are you doing? I clearly have a 508 sweatshirt on. It says the 508 Young Adults Connect Church on the back. He's like, sorry, man. Sorry about that. And I go, bro, what are you thinking? So Kyle is no longer a member at this church. He is officially dismissed. We love him. God bless him. We do have a vacancy in security right now. If anybody wants to step up, next step. Step one is today. Praise God. Um, this, moment, this moment brings me to a little preaching principle that I think is very important for all of us to hear. Is, is Kyle, because we did not have a uniform, because you didn't know who was an enemy and who was an ally, he was looking at somebody in front of him and he did not know and he needed to discern because his five senses were limited. Now, there are some seasons and there are some situations for all of us that we need to understand where your intellect, your intelligence, your senses are limited. And you need what we call discernment. You need to have the ability to discern whether something is wise, evil, or foolish. Whether somebody is an enemy or whether somebody is a friend. Or, here's a better way to say it, you need discernment. You need to hear the voice of God in seasons and situations on identifying whether something is an opportunity or something is a trap. Something is a trap. And this is what leads me into this conversation today because so many of us don't know if this is God speaking or if this is like a bad pizza that I had or if this is like somebody that has influenced my, my thought process. Is this my mind? Is this their voice? Is this the world's voice or is this God? Am I talking to anybody in here? We've had so many people and you've heard tons of stories where a guy comes up to a girl and says, God told me you're my wife. And the girls come back. There was four girls that just responded over there. There's just conviction of the Holy Spirit right there. They're, they're, then they're, you hear the girl respond back, no, I'm not. And how do you know and how do you discern whether something is the voice of God or somebody is the voice of the Father or whether somebody is the voice of somebody else? How do you know? Well, first, before we get into how to hear from God, we need to know how God speaks and what God speaks through. The first thing I want you to know is this. God speaks, write this down in your notes, God speaks through principles. He speaks through principles. Principles are rules of engagement. They are predetermined decisions before you ever experience a situation. You have made decisions before you walk into a situation, and that is a principle. It is a way of life. And God's principles are his pathway to his promises. I'm going to say it again. God's principles are his pathway to his promises. God is a principled God. And there are some things that the Spirit of God will not speak to you about because he's already spoken about it in Scripture. Did you hear what I just said? There are some things he's not going to speak to you about because he's already spoken about it in Scripture. And so God uses principles. Here's what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter number 4. I don't have it on the screen, so follow along with me. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 through 9 is the reference. Get wisdom. Get understanding. 
Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forget, forsake wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Principles work for those who work them. Principles work for those who work them. See, the person of Jesus gets you eternal life, but the principles of Jesus gets you the abundant life. And there are things that God has already spoken and already communicated and already said to so many of us that we are avoiding and neglecting. And if you want to experience the abundant life, you need to learn how to be principled. Am I making sense? Come on, somebody say, I like that. That's principles. That's principles. Second way God speaks is God speaks through preaching. God speaks through preaching. All of us are going to graduate with a degree, whether it's going to be from the world or for the kingdom. So this is why the proclamation of God's word is so imperative and so important. And so many people are spiritually anorexic because you're not getting word fed to you on a daily or a weekly basis. The preaching of God's word is so important for your spiritual maturation. It is so important to be in this house. And some people come to the house and they still have, they don't have an open heart. They have crossed hands. You need to get and receive the word of God over your life to be declared over your life. The Bible talks about this. How can anybody know and how can anybody see if they're not preached to? Another translation says uh, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. God speaks through principles. He also speaks through preaching. He also speaks through people. He speaks through people. Is people have this supernatural uh, tendency and get supernatural impulses from the Spirit of God to be able to deliver a word for you. And listen to me. This is not reserved. I need you to hear this loud and clear because this is from my heart. This is not reserved for professional Christians or pastors or preachers. This is for the everyday believer. You got a word in your spirit, and you need to learn how to release it. So my prayer for, has been for this series, my prayer has been for this particular teaching, is that God would increase the sensitivity of your ears to hear the voice of the Lord, but also that he would give you courage to be able to act on those promptings. Because hearing the voice of God and acting upon those promptings is not for professional Christians. It's for you. It's for you. But so many people are like, ah, it's, that's not for me. That's not really, really my deal. I'm not really like that. I'm, I don't have the spiritual maturity. I'm telling you, little kids can get prophetic words. I've seen it. I've experienced it. God has put a word in your spirit, and if we learn anything from the text that we read earlier, it's this, is that if you don't release a word like that, it can cause significant problems for other people because a prophetic word is somebody that is delivering something that God said to them, and when you get a prophetic word, you get prep, prepared for something instead of panicking about potential problems. Am I making sense? This is what a prophetic word can do. I remember this one time, I'm preaching after church. We have the service. I, I go after service, and I'm, I'm talking to a bunch of people. I go to the back corner over there, and somebody comes up to me, and they go, Pastor Devin, I have a word for you. And they go, the bounty on your head in hell just increased. You're a dangerous man. Keep going. And I remember getting that word, and just I, had a, I, I was stuck. I, I had to pause for a second. I had to process. And essentially what I heard from that was I wrote it down. I documented it because you should not neglect and should not be uh, irreverent with prophetic words like that. You should test it, the Bible says. Don't be contempt with it. Test it. Understand it. Process it. I documented that. And essentially this is what I heard God say. You're a dangerous man in the kingdom of God. Keep going, but prepare for battle. That's what prophetic words can do is they prepare you for seasons where you need to brace for impact. 
And some of us need to hear this loud and clear. I believe in encouragement. I believe you should be built up. But some of you are going to go into a season that is going to be difficult. You're going to go into a couple of difficult seasons, and you need a word in your spirit. You need somebody to the left or to your right. You don't need a pastor to tell you all the time. Somebody to your left or to your right to prepare you for a season ahead because you're built for battle. You're built for seasons like that, and God wants to release a word in your spirit so you can release it to somebody else. Because if we learn something from the person of Paul, it's this, is that if you don't properly utilize the sixth sense, the voice of God, the result of not properly utilizing that is shipwreck. Is you're going to learn through something. But if you don't utilize and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he's going to help you with those things. But if you don't, there is there's pain that is inevitable with it. So God speaks through principles. He speaks through preaching. He speaks through people. And here's another one. He speaks through promptings. Promptings. I said this before. I'll repeat it again. Biology tells us you have five senses. Theology tells us we have six. And so I had tons of people react to this uh, after first service, and so I want to camp on this for a second. Is in the black and white situations, you need principles. So the things that are black and white, should I do this? Should I go to this? Well, there are principles that God has clearly stated in his word where you need a principle for the black and white moments. But for the moments that are gray, and how many know there's a lot of gray in life? For the gray moments, you need promptings. So principles for the black and white promptings for the gray. And let me tell you something. God is the God of the gray. He loves speaking to people, and he loves when you lean on him in those seasons, in those situations, because he speaks to you. He whispers to you. Sometimes you need a word. Sometimes you need wisdom. Sometimes you need a whisper, is you need to hear the whispers of the Holy Spirit to help you navigate certain seasons because you just don't know what to do. Anybody facing a difficult situation or a difficult season or you got some big decisions? Anybody in here? you got some big decisions to go through. I'm going to go through a kind of framework and a guide to really help you discern whether this is God's voice or somebody else's voice. But first you need to know God speaks through promptings. And you need to realize the ultimate intellectual is God, the creator of the universe. He knows what to do. He knows how to counsel you and how to whisper to you. I heard one person say it like this, is we see to the corner, but God sees around the corner. This is why you need to learn how to rely on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Am I making sense, everybody? I said this last week, Isaiah 31, verse 41. Or Isaiah 30, verse 41 says this. Walk in the way. There will be a voice behind you saying, go to the left or to the right. This is the way. Walk in it. He speaks to you. Here's what Scripture in Romans says. Throw up the verse there, guys. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. The mature believer. So listen, all of us fall into two different camps. All of us fall into two different categories. Some of us are more naturally bent towards the wisdom of God. Okay? That's more intellectual. That's more, that's more using your brain and your head. And, and this is important. And don't neglect this. These are the principles of God, the wisdom of God. Some of us are naturally drawn to the spirit of God. And essentially what I'm telling you is God wants you to be in both camps. Am I making sense? So principles promptings. The wisdom of God, the spirit of God. And this is God's desire. Write this down. This is the whole message in one little statement. God's desire is that you live by principles, but you are sensitive to promptings. I'm teaching real good, even though nobody's giving me feedback. I'm going to amen myself. Amen, Pastor Devin. God's desire for those who are mature is to be living by principles, but to be sensitive to promptings. Is ultimately God's heart for all of us is to be spirit-led, and principle-driven, spirit-led, 
principle driven. These are the mature believers of God. Because listen, if you neglect these four things, throw up my four guys. If you throw up, if you throw up these four, God speaks through principles, he speaks through preaching, he speaks through people, he speaks through promptings. And if you don't learn from these four areas, you know how you're going to learn? You're going to learn through pain. How many of us have neglected the voice of God, and as a result, we had to learn through pain? And there's a better way. There's a better way. You don't have to learn through stubbornness, foolishness, arrogance. There is a better way. And this is what leads us to our text. Is Paul is saying, I perceive that there is shipwreck ahead. There is some crap that is going to go down if you don't pay attention to what I'm saying right now. And let this serve as a voice uh, and a metaphor for what the Holy Spirit does for us as believers. I heard one person say it like this. Um, the greatest message you can preach to unbelievers is Jesus. The greatest message you can preach to believers is the Holy Spirit. You need to hear the message of the Holy Spirit that he speaks to you, he communicates to you, he whispers to you. But are you listening? I'm going to go through how you can hear the voice of God because it is the most important thing that you can get as a Christian. But I want you to note this. Throw up uh, Acts chapter 27, I believe it's verse 21. I want you to note this. Paul essentially says, you guys didn't pay attention to me, so here's what happens. Since they had been without food for a long time, so they, they did experience shipwreck. They were, on, uh, they were on the open waters, the open seas for days, by the way, without food. They're throwing out cargo. They have to throw out their values. There were things that were lost that didn't have to be lost. Are y'all hearing me, everybody? There are things that were lost that didn't have to be lost. So what happened? Since they've been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. Don't you love that guy? I told you so. Everybody hates that guy. But Paul was that guy. You should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you, take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. I love this about our God, and I hope some of you guys get excited about this, is if you don't listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit the first time, God is a God of second chances. He's a God that will speak again to you. He's a God that will give you another chance. He is a God that says, even though you gave up on me, I'm not giving up on you. I wonder if there's anybody thankful today that just because you were stubborn, God was still generous and he was still gracious. For this very night stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who set sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. So I want you to note this. Paul was a man who was principled, and Paul was a man who was prompted by the Holy Spirit. He was both and, not either or. He was a principled man. He relied on the wisdom of God. He was a spirit-filled man who relied on promptings of God. So this man started as a prisoner. Listen to me, everybody. He started as a prisoner, but because he was principled and prompted, he started as a prisoner. He ended as the captain. Do you hear me? So this man was principled and he was prompted. And what happened? He got promoted. People now looked at him as though he was the leader, even though he wasn't experienced. So the captain of the ship had experience, but Paul had discernment. And there are some seasons and some situations where your intelligence will run out. I'm going to say something that might step on some of your toes, but you need to hear this loud and clear. You are not that smart. 
You're not that smart. There are going to be moments, there are going to be seasons where, listen, your intellect, your intelligence, your brilliance will come to an end. And you don't know what to do in a certain situation. This is why you need the voice of the Father. This is why you need the voice of the Holy Spirit directing you, guiding you, saying this is the way. This is not the way. Don't go here. Keep going there. Pay attention to that person. Step away from them. You need the voice of the Father because your intellect will run out. You are not that smart, and you need the ultimate intellectual, the creator of the universe, who has written the manual for life, and you need that person in your ear telling you, this is what you should do, or this is what you should not do. This is why we abide by the voice of the Father. So I want to go through four things quickly, four things quickly on how to hear the voice of God. Does that sound good to anybody in the room? Come on, is my microphone on? Does that sound good to anybody in here today? So four things. First of all, you need to hear this, is that the voice of God is not just developed and heard and understood by prayer alone. But it's not just by prayer, it's by practice. So this is why I pray that God would increase the sensitivity of our ears, but he would also give us courage to act on those things. And you're not going to get it right every single time. And you need to throw out that mindset quickly. You're not going to get it right every single time, but you're going to mature and you're going to grow because hearing the voice of the Lord, having that sixth sense is a muscle that must be developed and must, must be exercised until you know in your knower that you got it down. Am I making sense? Four things you got to do if you want to hear the voice of the Lord. Anybody want to find out? First thing, you need solitude. You need solitude. 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 Uh, Psalm 37 says it like this. It goes, be still and wait patiently on the Lord. So many of us don't hear the voice of God because the world's volume is so loud. Is so many of us don't hear the voice of God because all you hear is the voice of your iPhone. <laughs> Put the phone in a different room. Shut the door, the Bible says. The Bible talks about this. Jesus says this all the time. Close the door. Walk in it. Solitude is withdrawing from the world, but it's not just withdrawing from the world. It's drawing near to God. If you need to hear God's voice to speak to you, to direct you, to get a holy hunch, a divine prompting, a divine direction, you need to be in quiet. But so many of us are terrified of that silence. Why? Because then I'm going to have to be confronted with my own thoughts. Is there some situations where you don't even need worship music? Because there's noise. It's words. What I like to do sometimes is I'll be in my room and I just need to hear the Lord. He needs to speak to me about my assignment, my purpose, my family, leading my family, being a parent, loving my wife well, being a pastor, also being a Christian. So I just have to shut off all the noise. I'll put on some instrumental music just like this, and I'll sit. And it's amazing how you just sit still, and all of a sudden, wow. It's not that God was not speaking. It's that now I'm listening. Solitude. It's solitude. You know, one of my favorite features on my AirPods is not transparency mode, noise cancellation mode. Uh, I just was in Fort Lauderdale preaching two weeks ago. And a couple hours later, I uh, went on this airplane and I had a baby sitting right around me. And you know, the greatest gift that God has ever given me, aside from Jesus and the Holy Spirit in my family, was noise cancellation AirPods. Praise God. You need to go into a season where you cancel out the noise so you can hear the voice of God again. The voice of God can be heard if you turn down the world's volume. You need solitude. This is time where you're intentionally praying, you're studying, you're silencing, and you're distraction-free, and you're listening to the voice of the Father. But you will not hear God's voice if you don't sit still 
and be patient before the Lord. Some of you guys are like, ah, this is crazy. Like, what? I'm like kind of new to this thing. I talked to a guy first service, first time in church, or second time in church for a long time, just gave his life to Christ uh, this morning. It was an incredible conversation. And I said, this message is actually perfect for you because you need to know at the beginning, of, in the get-go of your faith, that God wants to speak to you is I don't care if you're a day-old Christian. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 35 years. God wants to speak to you. He loves you. He's proud of you. He wants to help you. He wants to assist you. He doesn't just want to give you information. He wants to give you assistance. He doesn't just want to give you hope. He wants to give you help. That's solitude. Second thing is this. Second thing is this. Scripture. Scripture. If you want to know how God speaks, how to hear the voice of the Lord, listen to me. The Holy Spirit would never tell you something that is contradictory to God's word. And some people, how do I say it first service? Some people, sometimes you have so many services, you're just like, I don't even know if I said it. This service, uh, we used to do three services back in the day. And uh, let me just tell you, I was just like, third service, I'm like, I don't know if I said this joke before. I don't even know what, so where, who I am. I don't even know. <laughs> so the voice of the Lord will never contradict what the scriptures already say. And some of us want to hear a prompting from the Holy Spirit, an impulse from the Holy Spirit, a, a whisper from the Holy Spirit. And he's silent on some issues because you don't even have to pray about it because there's a principle about it in Scripture. But listen to me. Because we are lazy in our familiarization in our reading of Scripture, we don't know the voice of the Father. What's your relationship with the Bible like? Are you flirting with it? Are you dating it? Or are you married to it? What is your relationship with this? Because if you know this, you will know his voice. You will know his voice. We have to understand what the scriptures say about our Father and what the scriptures say about us. Here's what I wrote on my notes. Matter of fact, I'll give you a scripture first. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 16 for my note takers. How from infancy you have known the holy scriptures because these scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation. They make you wise. Salvation is life as God intended. So instead of looking for a voice, look for a verse. Look for a verse. So God's spirit would never contradict what the Holy Spirit is saying. What the Holy Scriptures are saying, forgive me. So God speaks through solitude. How to hear from God? Solitude, the Scriptures. Here's another one. You need to go through a season of prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Again, one more time with, with hands raised. How many people in here are facing some significant decisions that you need some clarity on? You're in kind of a gray season. You need to declare a fast where you're praying and fasting. So what is, what is fasting? Fasting is not just abstaining from something that you like. It's also, how, how do we say it? Fasting is withdrawing from the world, but it's connecting with God. Another way you could say it is it's not just not feasting, but it's feasting on God. That's what it is. And so fasting, most people, instead of fasting, they're actually dieting. They don't include the God factor in this. You just abstain from feeding your body emotionally or physically. And listen, a diet changes how you look, but a fast changes how you see. When you fast, you're literally getting at the eyes of God. Your heart is in line with what God, God's heart is. Your heart breaks for what his heart breaks for. And if you need to hear a voice, the voice of the Father, you need to declare a fast for your life. I remember Natai and I, we were going through a season where we had a lot of change coming up. And she was basically trying to do a significant career change. And she, her whole life was in one career path. And she was transitioning to another. And we were looking for a job for months for her. And so we were praying for three things. A lucrative career, 
one that had flexibility and fulfillment attached to it. Something that she loved to do. It was financially stable, but there was also flexibility because we were planning to kind of develop and grow a family. And so we were praying for those three things, and we were praying during a fast to get clarity on something, but also to see if this is even where you want us to go. Day 23, after the 21 days of prayer and fasting in the beginning of January, day 23, we got exactly what we were asking for. I'm not telling you that's going to happen for every single person every single time. But what I am telling you is you need to answer for something. You need to hear for God for something. You need confirmation about something. You need to go on a fast. You need to get intentional time of prayer and fasting. And if you want to hear from God, listen to me. Super simple. Talk to God. Talk to God. Go through a season of prayer and fasting. And here will be the last one. Is if you're unfamiliar and you're not used to hearing the voice of the Lord. Let me just tell you. You need, you need scripture. You need uh, seasons of prayer and fasting. And the last thing you need is you need spiritual leadership to assist you in this. Is I remember this story in scripture of 1 Samuel chapter 3 where this young prophet named Samuel, he, he, he does incredible things in the Bible. But we see him in his really beginning stage and he's raised in the house of God. And his mentor, his, essentially his pastor, his leader, uh, his name is Eli. And so God's speaking to young Samuel. He's saying, Samuel, Samuel. And this young Samuel goes to Eli and says, yes, uh, yes, Eli, you, you called me. And Eli goes, I'm sleeping. Go back to bed, kid. Literally happens three times. Yes, yes, uh, Eli, you called me. And he goes, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Third time happens, you called me. And Eli goes, he's not, he's not annoyed anymore. Now he's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I think the Lord's speaking to you. So the next time he speaks to you, go back to your room. And say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Eli is learning how to hear the voice. Samuel is learning how to hear the voice of the Lord. And he needed an Eli to be able to say, this is what he sounds like. You need some people in your life to guide you to say, is this God? Is this helpful? And, and spiritual leaders can help you discern whether it's your voice, whether it's your flesh, your desires, your wants. And here's what a practical little framework for it. As you get a revelation from God, revelation is perfect because it's getting from the Lord. But you get interpretation. So revelation, interpretation, and then you get application. Write that down. This is an easy, practical framework for how to hear the Lord. Revelation, interpretation, application. So you ask spiritual leadership to assist you on, I think this is God, but for the consequential decisions of life, do not just roll the dice and hope you got it right. And we're laughing about it, but how many people do that? Because I want to do this or I don't want to do that. We just roll the dice. And we make some of these decisions that have significant consequences and serious either blessings or consequences as a result. Do not roll just divine dice and just be like, God told me this. Do you know in your knower? Do you have spiritual leadership to bless you, to assist you, to help you to discern the voice of the Lord? I'll end with this story. Is this helpful for anybody so far? I'll end with this story. Um, we're at this conference in Alabama at Church of the Highlands. And so I'm with my family. I'm with Natalia, who was my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. We have two beautiful kids. They're awesome. And I remember walking down this hallway, and I meet two of my heroes in the faith. They were amazing guys. Uh, I've been personally ministered to by them many different times. And I got to meet them for the first time in person. I've watched their stuff online many different times. And to be honest, highly disappointed. Highly disappointed. 
Um, just felt like I was just this little guy, very unappreciated, overlooked. I don't know if I'm speaking to anybody in this room, but I think a lot of us have felt like that in certain seasons and situations. So I'm talking to my wife, honestly kind of complaining, just feeling really discouraged. That I'm this little guy, this little young pastor up in New England, and nobody comes up to New England to ever do something significant for God because typically most people say, you come up to New England, it's the frozen chosen. That's where church goes to die. That's what people say about our region. And I'm just telling you, not in our house, not in our city. So I remember that. And I'm talking to my wife, Natalia. I'm talking to my girlfriend, Natalia, at the time. And, and I just remember complaining to her. I get a text message from my dad. Hey, you want to go back to the green room? Uh, we, you can come meet Pastor Chris Hodges, and you can come meet a couple other people. And so I'm like, yeah, for sure. Let's go to the back there. And my dad and Pastor Chris are very tight. Pastor Chris was here just a few months ago. And so I go to the back, and I see one of my heroes in the faith. It was Pastor Stephen Furtick who was actually preaching that night. And so I got to introduce myself, meet Pastor Stephen in, in uh, Pastor Stephen Frederick, a very well-known communicator. You know, I wouldn't say we agree with everything in theology, but he is a man of God that I respect deeply, and he impacted my life greatly. And so I go to meet him, shake his hand, and my dad goes, Pastor Stephen, this, uh, this young man has been deeply impacted by your ministry, by your preaching. And we just want to say thank you so much. He's a young preacher that's obsessed with learning how to communicate just like you, and you made a huge impact on him. And Pastor Stephen gets this divine prompting, and he grabs my head, lays his hands on my head, and he just starts prophesying over my life. And I never forget it as long as I live. And it was as if he was reading my mail from the conversation I had earlier. Throw up the picture there, guys. He was reading my mail from the conversation that we had earlier. Is he starts saying about you feel overlooked, you feel underappreciated, and this is gonna take, this is gonna be longer than you think, but it's gonna be better than you think. And he just begins to speak the things that I literally just said to my wife a moment ago. And I have one of my favorite leaders, pastors, literally reading my mail essentially give me a prompting and a prophetic word. And here's, here's essentially what I, what I got from it. Is that God hears me? Is that God sees me? Is that he loves me? He's proud of me? And he's got plans for me. I walked away there talking to Natalia, and I said, it was cool to meet Pastor Stephen, don't get me wrong, but I walked away telling her, I just heard the voice of God for my life. And I pray that for you. And I pray he can use my voice for a second to declare something to you that God sees you, he loves you. He's proud of you. And he's got good plans for you. He's got good plans for you. Amen, everybody. Amen. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray two things for you. The first would be this, is that you learn to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that's going to be the first request I make. And the second one would be that you'll be able to receive the guidance of the Holy Spirit, increasing your sensitivity to his voice and his promptings. Because there are some situations and some seasons where you have your intellect, your brilliance, your wisdom has run out. And you need the ultimate intellectual. You need God the Father, the creator of the universe, to speak to you. The first thing is this is if you need to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I believe this whole time, this whole sermon, the last 40 minutes together, the Holy Spirit has been whispering to you, it's time. Come home. I love you. I'm proud of you. I care for you. And the first thing you need to do is put your life in Jesus' hands. If that's you, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to boldly shoot your hand up and say, that's me. I need to say yes to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. One, two, three. If that's you, shoot your hand up boldly and say, that's me. Hands all over the room. I see your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I see your hand. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Come on, church family. Thank you so much, brother. Church family, would you repeat this prayer after me? Come on, say it out loud. Say, Jesus, 
I repent of my sin. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Today, I don't just make you my Savior. I make you my Lord. You're my King. You're my leader. I put my faith and my trust in you. Thank you for not giving up on me. From this day forward, I will use my life as an ambassador for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Now, with every person standing to your feet, we're going to pray. We're going to worship. But I want to do one more prayer for you. And for those that need to hear the voice of the Father, and you need some decisions to be made, you need some answers, you need some clarity for some things, I want to pray for you. With every head bowed, every hand lifted, come on, if you need to hear the voice of the Lord right now, we're going to pray for that. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room. Come on, silence your spirit right now. Silence your mind. Don't be distracted. Don't worry about who's to your left or to your right. You need to hear the voice of God for your life. He needs to speak to you about your character. He needs to speak to you about your relationships. He needs to speak to you about some things that, that are consequential to your destiny, to your purpose. So Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room. We ask that you would whisper the things of God, the secrets of the kingdom to my friends and my family, to my brothers and to my sisters. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage my brothers and sisters. I thank you, God, that you just, you just tell them I love you and I'm proud of you. I'm not mad at you. I want you home. I want you back. I want you focused. You got a great call for your life. You have, I have plans and I have purposes for you that are good and pleasing to God, but good and pleasing for you. I pray, Lord, that you would give them divine direction, holy hunches, divine supernatural promptings to say, do not go this way. I know there is some pain that is inevitable, but there's some pains that are avoidable. So help us today, Father, to have a spirit of humility, to be able to hear the voice of the Lord to say, I'm not going to this direction. Because that place, that way, there's only shipwreck ahead. But I'm going and I'm, being, I'm trusting the spirit of God. And so I pray that you would increase our sensitivity, Lord to be able to hear your voice so clearly, divine promptings, the urgings, the impulses inside of our spirit, man. Increase the sensitivity of our ears, the sensitivity of our spirit, and help us to live with a sixth sense. We trust you, God. Give us courage to act on those, understanding that we're not going to be perfect, but we're trying, and we're growing, and we're progressing, and we're maturing. I thank you, Father, that you speak to us, you love us, and you're for us. In Jesus' name.